Good morning, welcome to Daily Exhortations. Today we're actually going to jump back to the beginning of chapter number 8. I know I skipped ahead to the end, probably some of the most well-known verses in Romans chapter number 8. But I want to kind of go back, look at the context a little bit better um, as we work our way up to the, that passage again. But uh, in Romans chapter 8 verses 1 through 13, we have a discussion of the role of the Holy Spirit in the believer's life. And I know with a lot of Christians, there are a lot of questions about how to walk in the Spirit. Um, um, do we have the Spirit? Do we need to get more of the Spirit? Do we need to get Him again? Um, when does He come? All those different kinds of things. And we can't answer all of those questions today. There are some questions that we will find answers to in, in the text that we're going to read. Um, but primarily what I'm going to do today is I'm going to give you a glimpse into how I approach my study and application of passages like this. Um, just, just as a first glance going through a text, what information do I need to get and what observations do I need to make and what connections do I need to look for. But let's go ahead and read verses 1 through 13 here, probably actually just 1 through, tw uh, 1 through 11, but we'll see. Okay. It says, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Okay, so this is a benefit, a fruit of walking, of uh, being a believer to them who are in Christ Jesus. That's key here. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But they that are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if so be. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. And I guess I'm going to go ahead and read through verse 13 here, um, just because it's going to give us a little bit more information and introduce the next topics we'll be dealing with. It says, Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if we live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Okay, so let's unpack some of this. But the first thing I do when I'm starting to look at a passage of Scripture like this is I ask questions of the text. And I wrote them down. I've got ten of them here. I'm just going to read to you. Because these are questions that we need to answer as we go through the passage. Obviously, clearly, the main topic of this text is the walking in the spirit, right? It is walking after the spirit. So here are the questions that I asked as I meditated on this passage. One, does this promise of no condemnation hinge on walking after the spirit? 
So verse 1 says there's no condemnation to them who are in Christ, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Okay. I'll explain that question in a second here. Second question, what does it mean to walk after the spirit? Third, who walks after the spirit? Fourth, what does mind the things mean in verse number five? So verse five talks about mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, the things, and the, the implied words there could be mind the things of the spirit, okay? Question five, how does being spiritually minded bring peace? Verse six says, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Six, if the carnal mind is enmity against God, can a Christian be carnally minded? Seven, if we are not in the flesh, do we have a sin nature as a believer? Okay, that's an important question. Eight, how does the promise of the resurrection relate to this whole discussion in verse 11? Okay, because verse 11 says, if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. Okay, so how does that apply to the whole discussion, the resurrection? Nine, what does it mean that if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die? Okay, and then 10, does verse 13 indicate that mortifying the deeds of the body is necessary to live spiritually? Okay, those are, those are all important questions as we go through this text. And I'm actually not going to try to answer all of these questions, I'm, I'm going to go through and maybe explain a little bit more about them, but I will give an overall summary answer. Um, these types of questions are what I would go to in my second stage of studying a text, and that is to go through and actually study the meaning of the words, and then to uh, study the, the overall teaching of the passage, and then to look up in commentaries as well and, and get some insight into this text. But I want to start with asking those questions to see if I comprehend the text. So what is the first one was, does this promise of no condemnation hinge on walking after the spirit? And I would argue that yes, it does hinge on walking after the spirit, meaning that if we're not walking after the spirit at all, then we are condemned. Okay, but if we are walking after the spirit, we are not condemned. But that ties into the second question is, what does it mean to walk after the Spirit here? When we, when we read walking after the Spirit in this text, is the implication that, that if you are not a Spirit-filled believer, you are going to be condemned and you are going to lose your salvation. Is that what the implication of this passage is? I personally do not believe that that is the implication. Um, because of things that Paul is going to say later on in this same section here. Uh, so what does it mean to walk after the Spirit? That has to be answered if we're going to understand this. Uh, what, what does it mean to mind the things in verse 5? I think that ties into our answer to walking after this flesh and walking after the Spirit. The end result of walking after the flesh is death, but, it, uh, but the flip side, walking after the Spirit, is life and peace. So if death is the result of carnally minded and life and peace are the result of being spiritually minded, those two things are direct opposites of one another. Whatever death reply, refers to is also what's going to be referred to when it talks about life and peace. Um, being in the flesh here 
Um, I asked the question, does this mean that a Christian does not have a sin nature? So we have to, we have to ask, okay, does being in the flesh mean that I don't have the flesh anymore? I'm not in it. Or does it refer to not being under its dictates and under its control in my life? And then the resurrection, that's going to apply to how a, a, a person experiences victory in life in their, in their life. And then what does it mean that if we live after the flesh, he shall die? We already talked about that. And then verse 13 says that if we live after the flesh, he shall die. But if ye through the spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. Now, the reason I asked the question about that is because if you take that on the surface level, the way many people probably would, is you come away thinking that you have to mortify the deeds of the body in order to live, to have eternal life. I do not believe that that is the context of the overall passage, and I'm just going to give you one answer to one of these one of these questions. Okay. Does this promise of no condemnation hinge on walking after the Spirit, and what does it mean to walk after the Spirit? In this passage, walking after the Spirit is not talking about per se our our. It's not implying sinlessness, and a. a and it's not implying that a believer should never walk after the after the flesh at all, but it is it is giving us a sign that a person actually is in Christ. Okay, notice in verse one, there's no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. Okay, well, who is that? Who is that group of people? That is all believers. If we have placed our faith in Jesus Christ, we are in Jesus Christ. And then he defines that as those people who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. So it's not that walking after the spirit is what causes us to be not condemned. It is being in Christ that causes us to not be condemned. But walking after the spirit is the sign or the evidence of being in Christ. And he goes on and he says, uh, let's see here, what verse is it? Uh, verse 9 says, But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. So Paul affirms that as a believer, we are not in the flesh. Okay, this is key. We're not walking in the flesh. We are walking in the Spirit. Okay. If so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. And then he goes on and says, Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. Okay, so the implication is there. That if you are, do not have the Spirit of Christ, then you are not a believer. So all true believers do have the Holy Ghost. And to some level, they are walking in the Spirit. And at the very basics, you could understand this as, as applying to just salvation. A person who depends on the flesh to save them, walking in the law, is not going to live. They are going to die and spiritually because they are depending on the flesh but all true believers who have placed their faith in jesus christ have chosen to depend on or walk in the spirit for their salvation and thus the spirit brings life and peace so at some level every true believer does walk in the spirit 
we need to walk in the Spirit more, allowing Him to have control over our lives, to yield ourselves to Him. And I believe that's where verse 12 comes in, is because, yes, this is all, this is, first paragraph, this is true of every single believer. But verse 12 goes on and says, Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if we live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. He's saying that as believers, we are debtors not to live after the flesh. We don't have to follow the flesh's dictates. But the implication there is it's possible, right? <laughs> but we're not debtors to it. But we through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, evidencing our eternal salvation. We shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. Again, an affirmation that those who are truly born again are those who are being led by the Holy Spirit. Okay. And I think I think that's that's a broad summary of this section of, of the text. And I challenge you, take those questions that I gave you. Go back, study out your answers for those yourself. Like I said, this is this is stage one of my study process. It's look at the text, ask all the questions, meditate on what's on the surface level is clear, and then go back and study in more detail the words, the context, and then other commentaries as they relate to that to that passage. So, my goal today was more to teach you how to ask questions of the text. It's one thing to give a person a fish, which is what I'm doing every day. I'm giving you a a fish for you to eat to nourish your spiritual souls hopefully but it is better if I teach you how to fish so you can go to the text and you could get the same the same fish you could go and, and find the food for yourself longer term health spiritual health it will come from that so I hope you have a great day God bless